podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. I think it's safe to say we're getting a little excited. Yes, we are ramping up for our first major in-person event in nearly two years. Some members of our team have already arrived in Mexico City to get the vibe and start getting organized. And so it's just the final days here and we've been thinking about it you know, every day. As regular listeners know, October is generally when so many of you and those in the Dynamite Circle would join us in Bangkok for what is the event of the year for someone else. We, we look forward to seeing each other, sharing our successes, our failures, and typically we do an episode about it. Now, I've been in the business of offering caveats and apologies for doing episodes about our internal business, but the reality is, is we get great feedback from you guys and regular listeners of the show want to hear what we're thinking about, how we're processing these events, and what's coming up. So in today's show, we're going to share with you why we've picked Mexico as our first coming out of the COVID winter venue, how we're reshaping and reinvigorating the sorts of experiences we try to facilitate with our members, and also some insights into how our business has changed in the last 18 months and how that's inspired our speaker lineup and all kinds of stuff. So apologies aside, let's just jump into it. And for this conversation, we have to include an essential team member. All right, I'm back with Ian, of course, and uh, we've got a regular recurring special guest, part of the in-person event squad. Jeff, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure thing, Dan. My name's Jeff Picaro, and I run a search-focused writing service called MostlyStories.com during the day, but uh, in my evenings and weekends, I spend my time planning events with these guys in the D.C. over the last uh, seven years or so. Is this a sponsored podcast? Is that what's going on here? Did you, I didn't remember sending you an invoice, <laughs> Jeff. Boss man <laughs> Happy to cut that out. Let me, re, let me re-intro. No, no, no. no. no Let's no, keep no. it. I Let's think it's it. funny. He's busting your nuts about free promo, bro. It's worth mentioning that we're going to talk about the story of the pandemic and how the events are coming back and how we're thinking about it differently than we did back in 2019 when we kind of had an all-time event momentum. 2019 DCBKK, for those of you who don't know, DCBKK is an annual event we've been hosting in Bangkok every year since 2012. 2019 was our best one. In terms of excitement, reviews, revenue, people, ticket sales, families, friends coming along to be a part of the milieu. We had you know, our all-time best event, and we were looking forward to having our all-time next best event, and then March 2020. And now we're kind of like relaunching into a new world. And so part of what this episode's all about is like what we're seeing that's different, how we're adjusting to it, and what we think events might look like in 2022. And, you know, Jeff, we used to work together so regularly because you pull the stories out onto stage and help our speakers do their best. And so we just eventually became mastermind partners instead during the pandemic. And we'd, we'd do the weekly happy hour because we couldn't do it in person. So not as satisfying, I'd say, but pretty good nonetheless. On the show, we talked about a lot of other companies that were affected by the pandemic, uh, like e-commerce companies, not one of these 
companies that was effective. In fact, it probably went up, right? 10x, a lot of those companies. But you know, companies like ours that thrive on in-person events were essentially shut down for nearly two years. And it was a real bummer for us because we did have serious momentum going. That year, we had our big event, DCBKK, and then we also had another big event, DC Austin. And then sprinkled in, we had all these X events. I think we had like 12 that year. So DCers were getting together, if you wanted to, 14 times a year. And literally overnight, screeching halt, we were, I think, what, a month or two out from our Austin event when this all started to unfold. And we actually proactively went to the hotel and said, like, look, we're not going to have this event. I don't think it's responsible. The Austin hotel was like, well, good luck on you. You still owe us all this money. And we, yeah, we basically were, pulled out. They were real cool about it. Yeah, they were not <laughs> cool about it. And then uh, a couple of days later, the governor, the president, whoever it was at the time was like, hey, all this stuff is shut down. And so the event staff at the hotel came back like a week later, like more contrite. But there was yeah. a week there that was pretty hairy legally from our perspective. And then we basically had nothing for like a year, like basically a year. This is like pre-vaccine. You know, nobody knows what's going on in the world. Basically, everybody's just like, go in your house, shut your door, don't talk to people, (laughs) minimal gatherings. So of course, like all events are off the table. But you know, there was something happening, Ian, which is denial. So, you know, these stages of loss, like, I don't think we really clocked it. Like, we knew that we weren't having an event, but like, there was always a sense that like, any day now, we're going to have, (laughs) you know? And so like, when you look back to 2019, I remember that board that we all had together, which was like the vignettes of every city that there was going to be an event at this year. And it was like that first professionalized year where there was a consistency across these 14 experiences. You were going to be able to do the DC Hajj that year and go from Europe to Asia to North America to South America and see all these amazing people time and time again. And then it's just gone. It's just gone. And we're all sort of waiting for it to come back. And I think part of it is now it's going to come back different. It's going to come back in Mexico. And that's what we're going to talk about today in five parts, as is the tradition. Yeah, we're coming back in Mexico in October. And just so everybody knows, I mean, I know you and Jeff know, Dan, but like Mexico was kind of always our plan. We were kind of edging towards having an event in Mexico because it's an international city. It's relatively easy for folks in North America to get to. In fact, from Austin, it's a two-hour flight. Obviously, I just told the story of how our Austin hotel partner treated us. So (laughs) it's not to say that it was so bad we wouldn't go back, but I do think that there's something to having these events in international locations that's easy to get to with relatively low cost structures around them for most people. Meaning like Bangkok, you can have an amazing experience for the money, not so much in Austin. So we're kind of edging back towards Having an event, obviously, in Bangkok, we're going to do that again. But then in Mexico, replacing Austin with Mexico. So this was something that was going to happen. We figured out a way to make it work in Mexico. And I think a lot of people are excited about this event. In fact, almost 200 people have signed up. I feel like everybody's got the tools now, Ian, to make their own judgment about meeting in person. You know, We have tools like we know how certain things work. We know how vaccines work. We have access to them. And so I feel like now it's in a position for everyone to have their own judgments about what sort of risks they want to take on. It's been interesting too, internally, as we try to figure out how we're going to go back to live events, that 
October 2021 was not always the plan. There was a, a point where we were really excited about the potential of doing something in spring 2021. And maybe that's Austin because Texas is opening up faster. Maybe that's something that's going to be, you know, distributed across a bunch of cities where we host a kind of half virtual, half in-person event for our, our people. And I think it's just been really interesting watching the risk calculus change over the course of the last six to eight months as we've gone from a point where we had almost enough information, but it was going to be difficult to deal with hotels, travel restrictions were still pretty confusing, to six months later where we have the vaccine. If you want the vaccine, the travel restrictions are a lot more clear and a lot, frankly, have been a lot more stable. And it's easier for us to say, okay, here's what the situation looks like if you're comfortable taking it. And we're relatively certain <laughs> that nothing's going to change in the timeline of this event. What an incredible product this week. This episode is brought to you by Service Provider Pro, an agency dashboard and client portal software for productized services. Can you believe it? You know we're huge on productized services around here. This product is designed for those of you who run them at scale. So if you want to scale up your agency, you need a system for handling clients, payments, and projects. Service Provider Pro gives you that system together with a white-labeled client portal that makes your agency look professional, saves your clients time, and serves as a central source of truth for your team. Service Provider Pro is trusted by many TMBA listeners, including seven-figure agencies. This is a solution made specifically for selling and delivering your services at scale. So check them out. Check it out over at spp.co to learn more how it works. That's spp.co. We've talked about the moment of the pandemic sliding across our business, you know, half of that business disappearing this concept of us waiting dragging our feet with things going back and forth i mean the thai government in particular was sending out new proposals every week about how they were going if what they're going to accept so things have been very unstable in asia and i might add for compelling reasons you know there are lots of people who argue this is about simply the state exercising control and certainly there's some of that However, uh, the state has major concerns, which is the health of their citizens, and not all healthcare systems are created equally here. So the reality is, is a lot of people in countries like America, they're ready to get back to business and they're ready to take on, they're equipped with the tools to do that. And business gets done in person, especially in our community. And we're just seeing an incredible amount of buzz for that. So yeah, I mean, maybe we talk a little bit about uh, why Mexico so this DC Mexico event, it's important to recognize. I know a lot of listeners of this show are sort of like on the edge of joining the DC community. Ticket sales are done October 1st. So this is a, a, an event for only founders. You have to be a founder of a location independent business. We have a revenue threshold and tickets are, are the deadline is October 1st. For a long while, internally, strategically, we had wanted to change the Austin event to a Mexico event because of the value proposition, because it's more brand aligned, go on an adventure together, become more embedded together. And because we really wanted to give an opportunity, you know, the best thing about something is often the worst thing about something. The worst thing about the Bangkok event for folks based in North America with families, with responsibilities, commitments, or larger businesses, sometimes it's tough to go hang for three weeks in Asia. And that's why we thought, man, let's go on an adventure in Mexico 
you can make it three days, you can make it six days and still make it work. And it seems like that value prop is like really gone over well in the community. People really recognize that, man, this is gonna be fun. We're gonna go to Mexico City, a world-class city, just a few hours flight from most US destinations, and we're gonna get a lot more for our money. Yeah, and you know, the Mexico event takes advantage of two trends. We've talked a lot through the pandemic about how a lot of trends were accelerated. And two things that we've seen in the community over the last three, maybe even five years, where people who had been located around the world moving back to Western hemispheres because it was easier to access the U.S. market, whether that's phone calls with clients, whether that's proximity for travel. All of a sudden, a lot of people who were thinking about making that move had a really quick deadline. You know, you have to get out of this country. Where are you going to go? Another big trend that we've seen has been people who, you know, were kind of in the States moving down towards Mexico because of the quality of lifestyle, because of the cosmopolitan side of Mexico City, because of access to the beaches, in a lot of cases, at a really amazing price. And similarly, when we had people, you know, with the pandemic who might have been living with the foreign earned income, all of a sudden, they don't want to spend 12 months in the United States, but they can't go back to Asia. They can't necessarily go back to Europe even. So we saw a real migration of people to Playa del Carmen, Mexico City, even some of the places in Baja this year. One of the things that a lot of listeners have been asking us is, what is the difference between DC, Mexico and DC, BKK? I'm wondering if you could reveal some of these internal conversations about you know, how this new event in Mexico is going to be constructed. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's one that I've gotten from a lot of the speakers that I've been working with is like, we're kind of coming back. This is the first event. Everyone's getting back on the bike. Is this going to be like a real DC event? And when I think real DC event, I think DC Bangkok. I think a culture that's very different from your own. I think about rooftop bars. I think about a ritzy hotel at a crazy price where as much as we love Austin, you know, you pay twice as much and it's kind of just a hotel. So what we think we found in Mexico is another awesome hotel partner, you know, in a beautiful building with a lot of meeting spaces that make it possible for the kind of hallway track and the serendipity of running into each other, catching up on business, maybe cutting some deals at the bar. That feeling of being just a little bit like lost in translation, out of your comfort zone that I think creates special connections between people who, whether it's teaming up to go out to dinner or whether it's helping each other figure out the language. So I think that it's when people ask, is it a real DC event? They're asking like, okay, are we kind of doing a meetup? And the answer is no, we're still, we're bringing hundreds of people to a first class hotel with a full slate of awesome speakers and the opportunity for everyone to get back together and get business going again. Yeah. And in terms of the actual format of the event, for those of you, I know there's part of me is self-conscious about talking about them, but hundreds of you listening to this have been to these events. It's worth referencing that the actual format of the event itself, the three-day weekend is the exact format from DCBKK. The key difference is that typically we're taking over professional event space for about six days in Bangkok. And what I mean by that is like having AV, having quiet rooms. So members are like hosting like a little, there's a podcasting meetup with like 25 pro podcasters. Or there's a membership site meetup with like 15 pro membership site owners. There's a DeFi trading meetup. These meetups are still happening, but the spaces that they'll be in are going to be a little bit more perhaps public, maybe organized by that member, maybe a little bit offsite. And so you know, that is the growing challenge of moving to an entirely new city, an entirely new venue. Is it going to be have the polish of a DC Bangkok where we're 
making those like Kaizen improvements every year? I don't think so. And so I, I do think that that's going to be the difference there. Now that three-day weekend where we have the opening party and we have workshops and speakers and things, we're running our same process there. So I feel very confident about the experience we'll deliver there. Yeah. And if you've ever been to Bangkok before, it's a very polished experience. I feel like at this point, again, it's been almost 10 years. And I think our process will extend to Mexico. But like you said, Dan, there's these like micro improvements that we make every year based on our relationship with these hotel partners that we've had for several years now that we're able to, I think, deliver a very polished experience. So yeah, some of that might be lacking in Mexico, but here's the good news is that we're all going to be meeting up together. We're all going to be trading secrets. We're all going to be seeing each other for the first time in two years, you know? So our intent is to get everybody back together again, those that want to come. And I think it's going to be an amazing opportunity. I'm really interested to understand what my emotions are going to be, man, because like I haven't seen this many people in so long, you know, it's still weird for me to like go to the bar, like sit inside at the restaurant, you know, like I'm, I feel so beaten down by the whole thing. I think it's just going to be interesting to, to get along with a bunch of people. You know, I wanted to ask you guys about that before we move on to our final point here about the future, how we're going to assert the DC brand in this new world order, so to speak. But I wanted to ask you specifically about your experience, because we sit here as guys who run these events and are a team, there's a full team of us. Shout out to Vince, shout out to Janine, shout out to Adam. We got, we got a whole group of dedicated in-person event staff that they're all coming back. It's like the, the band's getting back together. You know, We're warming up our amplifiers and we're ready to play the song. But for you personally, Ian, what does it mean to you? What's your experience like? What do you look forward to when you go to these, these events as an attendee? Well, obviously that's a little bit hard because I'm a little bit more than an attendee most of the time. But yeah, I mean, if I can put myself in the mindset of like what I'm looking forward to, it's just enjoying being around a lot of people that share similar struggles. You know, we're growing this uh, Dynamite Jobs brand. Like I can't wait to tell people in person about what we're doing and hopefully get some advice about where we're going. It's like so hard to have those conversations over phone and email. So it's like, hey, man, this is what we're building. Everybody's like, oh, cool, great. I don't have time to read your email. But when you're sitting around a table, you know, you can have an hour-long conversation with a bunch of people about like your trajectory and like their ideas and partnerships and all these things start to unfold. You know, that's like the secret story of what happens at these DC events is basically a lot of people doing a lot of business with each other. You have to have drinks with people or go to dinner or, you know, spend three hours talking about each other's business, building trust, you know. So those are the things that I'm looking forward to in person that just cannot be replicated over the internet. I'm also interested to hear from people like what they've been doing for the last two years, you know, how how did their business fare? I think that there's going to be tons of interesting stories. The stories that I, I think I'm going to hear are similar to ours, Dan, which is my business got crippled or my business was paralyzed in this way and it helped me to see these types of opportunities and now I've like pivoted in my business or in my life. Generally speaking, these life-changing events like a pandemic happening to the world are the impetus for a lot of change. So I'm looking forward to like hearing the stories of other DCers and like the things that have changed in their life over the last two years. We always emphasize this idea of serendipity. You talk about like, well, on the one hand, I relate to so much of that emotion of just like commiseration, essentially, like feeling understood in a kind of a deep way about 
like you're sitting behind your email inbox with all these challenges and how to prioritize and, and what is the right thing to do. And there's like hundreds of us with that feeling every morning, you know, and it's good to be around people who have the same kind of experience have different ways of achieving success. And then the other thing is like, it's like, Hey, let's do 10% better this month or let's grow our sales up into the right in this linear way. But the reality is, is like there's plateaus in your business life and you make often like right hand or left hand turns or breakthroughs that get you to whatever that next level is. And a lot of times that's easier to manifest in real life. Things look a little linear, like behind the zoom. Whereas like you can see things in real life that sort of bring out tangential opportunities that leverage what you're doing. And so I think that that's one of the things I'm excited about from a business perspective is I know it's so powerful and it's just been hard to do during the pandemic. To Ian's point about the stories and the breakthroughs that people have had. It's been really interesting talking to our slate of speakers and finding out how many similar stories there are about the ways that the pressures of the last 18 months first were a big roadblock, but then have really helped them simplify and refine their processes in ways that have helped a lot of these businesses explode in a happier, more productive way. I think for excitement for me, you know, working with the speakers has always been a, a, a real treat. And even though where a lot of us feel like we're kind of you know, maybe struggling to get our sea legs back underneath us and getting back to, you know, normal and adjusting to, you know, how did we do this two years ago? The level of enthusiasm that's coming out of both, you know, our friends who I know are attending, but also the speakers that we have that are excited to share what they've been working on, how they got through it. I think there's a little bit of a victory lap. And there's just a lot, a lot of it this year. I keep talking to Dan when we were planning this event about pent-up demand, and I expected that to come from people who wanted to hang out, and I've been really excited about how much of that there is from people who want to share. So that's something I'm looking forward to a ton this year. Let me take a moment to talk about our recruiting services at Dynamite Jobs. If you're thinking about hiring, our team can help you be more strategic. If you're in the middle of a time-consuming candidate campaign, we can take it off your plate. And if your HR team is having difficulty delivering the right team members, we can be their support. See, strategy, positioning, promotion, filtering, interviewing, and assessing, they're all a tremendous amount of very important work, even for organizations with seasoned HR teams. But our expert team does it every day, all day. And it's not just our expertise you'll be accessing. We run one of the largest remote job boards and databases of qualified candidates on the web. Why not work directly with a team who hires hundreds of A players annually for businesses just like yours? So if you run a remote first company, we can help you grow faster and smarter. And the best part is we charge just one simple flat fee for every hire. And with Dynamite Jobs Recruiting, your results are guaranteed. To learn more about how we can help you grow, head on over to dynamitejobs.com and click on the Hire With Us link. I've been feeling this, this strong sense that like, the game board has changed in terms of live events. That much is, is very clear. We sort of like, I don't know what the metaphor is, we picked our pieces up off the board and now all of a sudden there's different color tiles and different directions to move. And I feel like 2022 is an opportunity for us to put our pieces back on the board and to find out where the demand has shifted. There's a survey that went out in the Dynamite Circle community this week, getting a sense for where members are going to be locating themselves this year over the next few quarters. And, you know, a lot of these events that we talk about are member driven. And so, you know, capture the uh, momentum and the spirit of the members because 
they do so much to make these events a reality. Like you mentioned, the speakers, Jeff, sharing. Uh, we're not paying professional speakers to come. These are members themselves. Recently, we had 50 members gather in London. That was completely a member-driven event. And so you know, part of this is like figuring out ways to locate the events in the appropriate spaces where members want to go, they want to experience, and also with formats that allow them to connect in novel and interesting ways. So Dan, I'll just say this on that note, which is like, I think you're in the in the group of people that had to basically relocate because of the pandemic. It's interesting, like I'm I'm waiting for the New York Times article or the Atlantic article of like what happened to digital nomads because like that whole group of journalists was like ramping up, you know, this like narrative of nomads, you know. But I haven't actually read an article about like what happened. If you're a journalist, I bet you could come to DC, Mexico and find out. <laughs> There's a very interesting piece to write there, which is like, I had to relocate. I got stuck. This is my new home. I found my next wonderful location, whatever it is. Like a lot of our community had to or chose to relocate through this process. Essentially, a lot of us are, are still kind of, like you said, like stuck outside of Asia. You know, things are progressing a little bit slower there when there was like a major migration there the last 10 years. So, I do think it's going to be interesting to see how this drives the events. Uh, so far, I guess what we're seeing is like people are kind of returning to their hometown where they know that they can live with their passport, you know, easily and not have to be kind of tumbled around. Except if you're Australian. I mean, there's yeah. everybody has their <laughs> right. own little like hallway of acceptability, you know, and we're trying to put events where both people have the permission you know, from whatever authority or convenience factor exists, and also the desire to, you know, meet in a certain way. And so some of it's going to mean smaller events. One of the things that continues to be working is in, in cities where people are allowed to meet up our DC Junto idea, which is the third Thursday of every month, they continue to go on. In fact, here in Austin, I was just at a DC Junto with 20 members. We also have our DCX event format, which are member-driven events in a city with good infrastructure that allows members to share talks. And one interesting thing about our DCX system, we mentioned there was 12 of them in our last full calendar year. They sort of work as feeder systems to our main events. In fact, new members get to experience the DC for the first time and like see the vibe and the energy. And then they ultimately make plans to come to one of the premier events in Austin, Mexico, or Bangkok. We also identify the best speakers at those events and upgrade them to Jeff. And we want to hear their story on the main stage, so to speak. So that's kind of cool how DCX sort of funnels directly into these uh, DC premium events. One question I wanted to ask you, Jeff, about this DC Mexico event is, uh, you know, you've been talking with speakers that are going to be presenting at DC Mexico. Can you share with us like a, maybe a teaser of some of the things that they're going to be presenting or kind of some of the overarching themes that you feel like are going to come out of the event through the speakers? I think one of the overarching themes that's really struck me has been simplicity, efficiency, and how do we, you know, kind of operate in a world where there are a lot of external pressures on our team, but also external pressures on our customers. So what can we do to make it easy to buy, easy to work with us, easy to, you know, help us grow our business? A lot of the other interesting trends in the community, obviously crypto. 
is booming. I think the combination of the the change in the DeFi marketplace, but also you know a bunch of Wall Street bets kitties being being stuck at home for a year has made that a, a super hot topic in our community that we're doing a lot more to try to facilitate conversation about. And last but not least, I think there were a lot of interesting shifts in business models during the last 18 months. And one of the major ones is a lot of people who had been working in agencies trying to move towards products. So we're programming as much as we can about, you know, I think in the past that was always a dream for a lot of people. And I think in a world that's a little bit more unstable, where budgets change a little bit more quickly and moods change a lot more quickly, more people are recognizing the stability of having, you know, a product either as a shift in their total business or as something additional that they can add on to, you know, introduce a little bit more stability in their business. And that's something that I think we're going to have a good amount of on this uh, slate as well. I think up-leveling too, you know, you mentioned this idea of, we talked about a feeder system. We talked about, you know, moving to Asia and then eventually essentially being able to afford a luxurious lifestyle in North America. That's a trend, right? Like it's very, very expensive to live a luxury lifestyle in North America, but a lot of our members now can do that on their own terms without threatening their business. You know, if you're peeling off an extra 150 or $200,000 a year towards your personal income, that's a lot of value you could drive for your business. So that's a tricky situation if you're in the first few years of business to make that call to live luxuriously rather than to have a robust team running and building your assets. So I think that that's one theme. Agency to product. You know, one of the interesting things about that is uh, I was speaking with an agency owner that I hadn't seen since like a DCX event a few years prior. It's just amazing, like how much members can get done in a few short years if you haven't seen them. And instead of going to product, just found a new niche for the agency. It's like, yeah, I have 15 employees now. I think that that's really cool and a theme that we see time and time again for people who stick it out and make it work. Two new things that uh, we're talking with the community about this week are adventures, communal adventures. Like a lot of DCX events had like tourist elements or adventure elements. Let's all go do, you know, snowshoeing or hiking or this or that. And I think what we're trying to do is maybe just make these events small and simple and focused. Like you mentioned, Jeff, sitting on a chairlift next to somebody going up the ski slope. That's almost just as good as going to a talk with them. The idea is that you just have a framework for being together, getting to know each other and having something in common to just be able to spend time. Good things are going to happen. I think DC adventures are a good fit for folks you know, that are just feeling like more of an adventure that's not necessarily so linearly focused on business growth. Well, I'll just say, and also at those events, Dan, of course, people are going to talk about business. Like the snowshoeing is uh, just a reason to get together. And then, yeah. you know, you can only talk about snowshoeing for so long, you know, your <laughs> gear, your equipment eventually. But you could talk about location independent businesses forever as we are prime examples. <laughs> And finally, we have this concept of a DC executive events. So these would be team-led events. And again, we're testing. We're going to see. We're not sure if these things are feasible or going to work. But we've had a lot of sense that there's a demand for smaller events that are focused on a particular idea, topic, or subset of the community that's proven themselves to a certain degree. Some of you might remember way back in 2014, we had a an event in Singapore for high net worth members of the DC. 22 members showed up and it was a really interesting experience. We've kind of run it back informally, but we've never really sort of formalized it as a product. And that's something we're 
we're going to be just testing out with, with surveys and with concepts inside the community here in the coming months. So again, to reiterate, we've got our premium events. We've got these smaller executive concepts focused on subgroups. We've got adventures. We're already cooking up. There's a Colorado ski trip that's coming out. I'm pretty sure we can just say it's happening. So our first DC adventure is going to be a Colorado ski trip. We've got our DCX events, which are city-based and member-led, and we have our DC Juntos, which are monthly events. And we're looking for more ways that we can you know, help expand and empower those DCX events as well. It's been really awesome to see some people who can't travel internationally take the mantle and say, well, we can still you know, get together here. So we're looking for a lot of ways, and we're definitely open to feedback for how we can make those you know, higher quality events for all of you. One of the themes that we've gotten a lot from the community over the last year has been we'll meet up anywhere, anytime. We want to meet up because there is something so special about dealing with people who share the same kind of value system that you do, especially when it's a niche value system and running niche kind of businesses that you can't get in your daily life. So as much as we miss, desperately miss Bangkok and we, we miss Barcelona and we miss our favorite hotspots, a big piece of feedback we've gotten over and over again is let's get together. Let's figure out the best way to make, to get together, have some fun, and talk shop. Can't wait to get back to that, gents. Looking forward to seeing you in Mexico here in uh, basically a month or less. Yeah, I think it's safe to say we're all just really looking forward to it. And uh, see you all in Mexico. Huge thanks to Jeff Picaro for joining us on the pod. And just a reminder, if you'd like to join us and over 200 other amazing entrepreneurs in Mexico and you run your own location-independent business and you think you'd enjoy the vibe, ticket sales for this event close on the 1st of October, no exceptions. So that's very, very soon. If you have an established business and if you're interested in becoming a member of the DC and coming out to Mexico, email our community manager, Vincent, at dynamitecircle.com. That's it. We'll be back, as always, next Thursday. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.